something for Nah, you introduce him. Any good job. morning, good afternoon. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> could do everything today. You're shagging it today. <laughs> I'm <laughs> keeping this in. You're so <laughs> shagging it. Because wow. there's paint behind it as well. Man is truly hurt. Alright, cool with it. Cool with it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of Blacksmith Furnace. Oh <laughs> <laughs> we're obviously with Leia, with me and Mo, and me Pete, with me Robert, Chase. And today there's been like a slight role reversal. You might have already heard the, the kerfuffle because someone, someone has got his e- has got his ego hurt. <laughs> so, so, someone, someone's pride is hurt right now, yeah. Just because I came with a topic today, Robert's like, you know what? I've had enough. I'm not on it. This guy's so good. You know what, guys? I've had enough. This guy acts as if I don't ask, 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 ask Amanda what, what we should talk about. Fam, this is just work experience for you. To put your CV. Well, a podcast presenter. Yeah, yeah. You, you be in. So you be wanted now. Story time. All right. Story time. I recently, one of my boys on Facebook dropped um, a job advert. I saw it and I was like, yo, this, this sounds wavy. Let me, let me go for it. So initially, um, I saw the job description. I cal- as a family man, first thing I did was I calculated finances. Ensured that everything would be, would be spick and span, like, as it should be. Um, it's an apprentice youth minister position. Um, but they're, they're actually paying London living wage, which is quite good. So based on the hours they had indicated that they were, I was going to work, I had calculated how much I would get paid. And I was like, yeah, 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 I can work with this. So I applied for it. And literally I've been praying about it, I've been doing everything, I applied for it. And I felt good like saying, yo, like, trust me in this and go for it. So I was like, cool. Hollered my boy, due to the hours they, they posted up on the job advert, was five hours more. Then he spoke to the coordinator and the coordinator was like, because I have got a degree, realistically they can't afford to put me on a full training. I'm not required to do the full training because I've already got a qualification above what that uh, qualification will be. So it's dropped by another five hours. Mm. So that's a 10 hour drop. These times I'm already sold. I'm like, yeah, I'm on it. This and that. I felt God saying, trust me in this. And I'm like, all right, cool. But I've just, I'm just taking the 10 hour loss on a weekly basis, which is a chunk of the money that's going to be coming in. Mm. And I was praying and everything. I was just like, raw, like this, this will be kind of emotional. But I've already heard God saying, trust me in this. I've got you. And over the weekend, no, not over the weekend actually, last week, I felt God just pointing out Matthew 6 to me, mm-hmm. verse 38, if I'm not mistaken. Three. Verse 33. 3. 33, okay. Verse 33, where Jesus says, um, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Now the context of that scripture is Jesus was talking about how God provides for the, um, for the birds without them toiling and how he clothes the flowers without them having to work to clothe themselves and they don't, they don't worry about tomorrow. 
They literally just take each day as it comes. And God provides for them. Now we are we as his children are more valuable than birds and than flowers. And Jesus is saying we should trust in God that he will take care of us. And we should just seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and trust the rest to him. So I've been meditating on it. And I thought I'll throw it out to the guys today and just be like, alright, cool, like what does it mean, like practically, mm-hmm. to seek first the kingdom of God? Mm-hmm. Like, and how do we perceive um, and his righteousness? And just see how, like, we flesh that out. And obviously, because I've been meditating on it for a minute, I've got, like, <laughs> I've been able to get some sort of thoughts and understanding the meaning from it. But I just wanted to kind of throw it out to see if, yeah, we can kind of build and. See, see how it goes. So, in only right, Robert. Should have saw that one. Um, I guess to me, seeking first his kingdom. Um, now when you when when you hear the word seeking, it, like first we think about the visual. Like looking, mm-hmm. looking, searching, but I think, I think to me, like seeking the kingdom means trying to bring the kingdom to the world. Okay. And mm. and by bringing the kingdom, the kingdom that you're seeking will be sought through what what you, what you create by what you're doing. Okay. So mm. like as you continue to do God's work, mm. God's work will be seen more. Mm. In, in the community or the environment that you're in then there'll be more of God in the community so God's kingdom is, is being brought to to where you are to to, to, to around you and everything that you're doing mm. and, yeah, so that's what that's one way I think that how one way you can seek God's kingdom by continuing to do his work mm. and then as you continue to do his work he'll make sure that you are you're nice with mm. everything else Mm. Mm. I think I, I would agree with that actually um, I was speaking to uh, the fiancé about this um, and I was asking her what she thought because yeah, I'm not too tired now so I don't need to be dropping names <laughs> for no reason um, I was asking her what she thought God's kingdom was and it's exactly that and I hadn't even thought about it like that in that she was saying it's seeking to do God's work or looking for what God's work is you know when that rubbing Mm-hmm. Rubber, <laughs> it makes my skin crawl. Um, but yeah, she 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 said it was the exact same thing as to, you know, seeking to do God's work and what that means for you or what God has called you to do. Now, for me, one illustration that I think is that I think covers it is uh, Solomon when God was asking him what he wants, you know, and he offered him riches, offered him whatnot. Solomon asked for uh, for wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I think the Hebrew words demonstrate as a hearing heart, so a heart that hears and seeks to obey God, mm. and that was the wisdom that was given to him. Mm. And God said, "Because you've asked for this, and you haven't asked for riches, you haven't asked for anything. Everything else is given to you." So what I see Solomon looking for was a heart that's willing to hear and obey God, so that the kingdom can be governed by someone who is listening and obeying God, and that's God's kingdom. And him seeking that above all other things 
allow for all other things to be added onto him. Mm. If that makes sense. Um, I often say, you know, if you look for blessings, you will find a few. If you look for God, you will be blessed. Um, and I think that all kind of ties into this idea of mm. it's more about God and God being the priority than it is anything else. It is the blessings or whatever else can be added to you. Mm. Those things will be added. Um, and, and not to waffle on for too long, but this a, a last footnote is the idea that the things that were referred to here at least were actual physical material mm-hmm. things, clothing, food, things that you actually need. And I think sometimes it's easy to over, not over spiritualize, I don't believe in over spiritualizing, but to negate the importance of these things and negate the fact that God cares about these things, cares about the food you eat and the, the clothes you wear mm-hmm. and looks to provide those as well. You know, sometimes in churches they'll be like, oh yeah, it's not all about the material things. It's not all about the material things, but they are important. We do need to eat, we do need to wear clothes. Um, but God takes care of that as well and he demonstrates that in this world. One important word that you said that I think people decide not to hear is need. Mm. I think mm. people like to replace that word with want. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> don't be seeking God's, God's kingdom so God can make them a millionaire. Yeah. Get that mm. car, get mm. that babes. Mm. Trust me. <laughs> And and then they wonder why nothing is working out the way. Yeah. <laughs> but then you, you know you've got to you've got to then ask as well because when it talks about Solomon being in such glory, Solomon had the babes, a thousand. Yeah, but uh, he had he had you know what would be what would translate into cars. He had that you know like he the, he had the riches mm-hmm. in that sense. If that makes sense. Yes, but I I think he he was given those things because that's not where his heart was when he asked God for what. He didn't ask God for those things, did he? Yeah. He asked God for wisdom. But even when we look at it, like the stuff that he ended up amassing kind of swayed his heart away. It was the woman. It was the woman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, female empowerment, black Trust power. <laughs> black it, it, power. It was like, <laughs> you know, black lives matter. You know, it's, it's interesting in the Bible where like women always seem to be the downfall. Hey, take your time. <laughs> take your time. Hey. A lot of the time. Take your time. <laughs> take your time. That shall not be your portion there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, do you know, I find it very interesting when you guys say doing the work. Because, um, like, obviously, in terms of, as I was meditating on it, I just did what I uh, typically, tip, that's what I did what people would normally do. Um... Oh. This can't be good. <laughs> like breaking down each word, finding its context, and like just seeing how it's been strung together. Mm. Um, it's it's a lot easier doing it for a concise piece of text mm. rather than a larger body because that's just gonna take the rest of my life. But um, like as as Robert said initially, seek where it's like it's actually you're expending some sort of resources, whether it's your time, your energy, you're actively going out to search for something. Mm. You're actively putting in effort to, to uncover something. Mm. And the kingdom of God. Now, when when the kingdom of God is mentioned in the Bible, it's normally related to a place of God's presence and reign. So, um, I had seen it initially as seeking his kingdom was first and foremost a, a personal thing. Mm. So seeking to be governed 
and to abide in his presence continually. Mm. I hadn't necessarily made the continuum to serving. Mm. I, I kind of knew in the background of my mind that it will lead to you serving others, but I hadn't actually brought it to the forefront of my mind in terms of, yes, that, that should be an active display of it as well. Mm. Um, so I find it very interesting that you guys actually mentioned that. Yeah. Um, and like even the phrase, seeking the kingdom, who do you find in the kingdom? You find the king. And then how do you find the king? By keeping his commandments and doing his work. Mm. I like the simplification of that. Mm. Keep, keep it simple. Um, yes. Um, so yeah, I hadn't actually made that connection to you. As I said, it, it's, it's kind of known. Um, you can't say you love God if you don't love those um, the people of God. And mm. all of those scriptures there. Um, so it's kind of taken for granted sort mm. of thing. But I think that there's a real relevance of mentioning that it does involve serving. Mm. It does involve actually look going out and doing what God has called you to do. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, I, I really appreciate that in terms of not just an inward thing, but there's an outward manifestation of it. There's an outward expression of it. So if you are dwelling in the presence and you are governed by God, He is your Lord and Savior. Mm. Um, then you should be doing what he's commanded you to do. Yeah, I think um, there's also well, I, I guess I'm asking then. There's also what, what what's the relevance of or the the importance of the writer making that distinction between um, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What 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 do you guys see there? What what, what does that stand out? Um, for me, what stood out the most was his righteousness. It's Christ. Mm. Christ is his righteousness. Mm. So it's um, seeking to be in a place where you are so captured by him and you're dwelling in his presence. And you're like, literally, it's only by Christ's merit. Mm. I remember there's a parable where Jesus mentions. Um, Jesus mentions. Um, Servants, when they when they have done what their master tells them to do, they come and stand beside their master, mm. and they say, um, "We have done." Um, the master doesn't tell them to sit down and recline, but they say, "Oh, we are unworthy servants. We have done what you have asked us to do." Mm. And I was reminded of that, where it was a case of never coming to God with a boastful or prideful heart. Mm. But always being reminded that our righteousness is Christ's, mm. which has been merited to us. Mm. And seeking to grow in that, seeking to grow in that understanding and that um, knowledge. Mm. Seeking to grow in knowing that it's, it's not of us, mm. it's always Christ. And finding a manifestation of being in His presence, knowing it is Christ. Mm. Doing His work, knowing it is Christ. Mm. And that balance between dying to self and being alive in Christ. Mm. Mm. And I also think that in seeking his righteousness, like you don't seek righteousness for seeking righteousness, that's the sake. <laughs> say that again really quickly. <laughs> yeah, you can't seek righteousness for seeking righteousness sake. Mm. As in, I find, like I was saying before, a lot of people are seeking God for what he can do mm-hmm. instead of who he is. Mm. 
And I know a lot of people would, would find it easier if they could just come to God and get what they want without mm. without going through the process of becoming like him. Mm. And so that whole thing of seeking righteousness is... It's a very intentional thing where you have like a heart where you want to be as righteous as God is. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, so... Um, Yes, so it almost goes hand in hand because you can't do the work of his kingdom if you if you're not like God. Mm. Mm, I get I get what you mean. I think. Um, well, I, I was I expected you to take issue with uh, you you saying you want to be as righteous as God is. Yeah, I, I did. I did. I, I was just waiting for him to, to finish because I was just like, <laughs> what's the problem? <laughs> Where do I start? Um, <laughs> Seeking to be as righteous as God is is dependent on how you pursue it. It's a dangerous pursuit because I have seen people who then start. Are you? But I see people who then start, or I've heard of people who then start to say that like, I'm that guy. God, look at my righteousness. Like I am this or that. And but then if you do that, then then you're no longer seeking God's righteousness. But you're seeking to be as righteous as God. So you're not seeking his righteousness, you're seeking to be as righteous as he is. Yeah, but being righteous, by by being righteous, you wouldn't be trying to be like one-up God. It's not trying to be one-up God, but trying to be as God is like trying to be... You, you consider yourself so divine that filth cannot touch you. And you're like, God, like, I'm too clean for these folk. Like... I think that's the extreme of it. That's, that that's is where it can go. And you see that with the Pharisees, at the very mm-hmm. least, who, mm-hmm. um, you know, and even in this discourse, <laughs> in this discourse, Christ throws so many shots at them. It's like, oh, when you fast, do not throw ash on your head like the hypocrites do. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, who, who are the hypocrites? I'm like, oh, wait, that's Pharisees. what the Pharisees do. And it's like, so many shots are being shot. But and it, it, the, the very dangerous yeah, thing is that. The Pharisees didn't start out like that. Mm. But in seeking to be quote unquote righteous, they carved out a righteousness of their own, thinking it was God's. But as Paul says, they they were working a righteousness but not the righteousness of God. But it was a righteousness based on works and laws and stuff like that. And there's a danger of that. Based on just that, I can and based on not even just that, just the continual pattern within the Bible, it shows me that a man is very prone to to that. I I see a better guideline as um, growing in the knowledge of Christ. Because the Bible says the more we see him, the more we are transformed into his likeness. So if we seek to um, if we if we are seeking the righteousness of God, which is Christ, we'll be seeking Christ, mm-hmm. and we'll be seeking to know Him, knowing that the more we know Him, the more we are transformed into His likeness. Knowing that the more we are transformed into His likeness, what you're saying, being as righteous as Christ, might be a result, but we can't be as righteous as Christ. It, it's 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 impossible. It's impossible. But it's something that that we are we are still to called strive to do. Strive to be. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure it says, "Be holy as Christ." Yep. is holy. In Hebrews, it's, uh, in Hebrews it says, "God says, be holy, for I am holy.'" Mm. So 
God still calls us to a standard of holiness and to a level of holiness. But the thing is, when he says be holy, that's a state of being as opposed to just one do one holy. Thing. Yeah, it's like for me, it always comes down to that fact that God deserves glory because God does the work. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, and in seeking righteousness or in seeking to be righteous, as uh, as Mo was saying, if you're just seeking to see more of Christ. And in seeing more of Christ, you are then transformed by the work of the Spirit. You becoming righteous is not something that's function of what you did. Yeah. It's something that's function of the Spirit, mm-hmm. and thus the Spirit gets the glory, if that makes sense. So, going along those same lines, it's then difficult to attribute that be holy to me. As yeah. in like, I have to... I have to be holy, if that makes sense, or I have to do something in order to be seen as holy. If it's just a state of being and I'm saying, be holy, then it's a matter of, okay, God's made me holy or God's working in me. And it's God that's going to do that mm-hmm. as opposed to me having to think about, okay, how can I then be holy like this? Or how can mm-hmm. I be holy like that? It's be holy. It's not do holy things, if that makes sense. I think I, I see that distinction. I think this, this, I definitely agree with what Peter said, and I think this, especially when I first became a Christian, was something that was taught in the opposite manner. Mm. So it was very much your efforts to be holy, your efforts to stop what you're doing. Mm. And when I first got saved, like, I couldn't say a sentence without swearing. Mm. That's how much I swore. I couldn't say a sentence without swearing. And after I got saved, I'll be in church, and then I was, I was speaking, and then I could feel it coming. And I could feel myself, oh, I'm in church, I can't say that, I can't say that. Some, sometimes it still slipped out, and people will be looking at me like, I just crucified Jesus again. But um, I, I got to a state of consciously trying to stop myself swearing. It only made me more aware of when I was swearing. Mm. And as Peter was saying, I, I was literally like, God, like, I do not want to swear. I genuinely want to stop swearing. And I went a while, and then God was just like, you stop swearing. Mm. And I was like, what, I actually have? To the point where it feels and tastes strange Mm. if a swear word comes out of my mouth. Mm. To the point where I actually notice it whenever I swear, and I'm just like, what? That that feels odd. So what happens when you sing along to to Graham songs? Even that feels odd. It, I got to a time when I was listening to Kendrick, um, to Pimper Butterfly, the first track on it. This guy says nigger so many times and that. Actually, it's not the first track. Um, it's one of the skits afterwards where the girl's talking about she's going to tell Uncle Sam um, and then he was saying something. I'm not going to repeat it on the podcast. <laughs> but I was listening to it and I just felt, oh, I can't even listen to this. Mm. So I literally skipped the track, and then it's just like even even that does something. It's like it, it affects me somehow, um, and that again is a sign of not striving in my um, in my own strength. Because when I did, all I did was become more aware of me doing it so much. And I think it also demonstrates that true change will come from within. Mm-hmm. And true change can only be affected if the change comes from an external source. Because we are in and of ourselves um, weak and, and imperfect to affect that change. So 
using your example, I could probably guarantee that if you were to discipline yourself and, you know, by your own strength or by your own means, not swear, it wouldn't get to a point where it was so foreign to you, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It would just be, if it slips out, it slips out. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, you force yourself not to. But then when God changes you, or when God affects the change, then it's like, it's now on a fundamental level you've been changed mm -hmm. so, so that so does that mean so if you're caught in a sin does that mean you should, it's okay if you keep some wash away for God to make that no. change within you it's um the bible does call for us to cut off your arm if it causes you to sin mm. to pluck out your eye um in as much as it might not be a literal go get a machine slice <laughs> it off <laughs> but it is a case of Paul says, disdain even the garment stained by sin. And th there's a real sense of actively seeking to live a life that pleases God. But knowing that in that actively seeking to li live a life that pleases God, it is only God who can enable you to do that. Because um, in, in the same vein, just to add on to that, Paul then says, the things that he wants to do, he doesn't do. But the things that he doesn't want to do, he catches himself doing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, in as much as, like, like you were saying, you actively hate, and I think God will put that in you, mm -hmm. God will start birthing that in you, where you actively hate sin, and you don't want to do it, you might find yourself doing it, because mm -hmm. we're still You will human. find yourself doing it. Yeah. But then that's not, it's not an excuse to then continue to sin or to, to just wallow in it. As but, I was going to mention, I think it's in Philippians, mm. um, it might be Philippians, where Paul says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Mm. People love quoting that, but they don't quote the very next verse. For it is God who is working in you to want and desire to do what is pleasing to Him. So it's a case of Paul is telling you be ever active in seeking to live a holy life. Because that very desire to live a holy life was given to you by God. Mm. So it's a case of you didn't just wake up and be like, you know what, God, I'm going to live holy. God planted that inside of you. Mm. And for the sheer fact that God has planted that inside of you, you should cultivate it and treat it with, with treat it diligently. Because mm. God is giving you that desire. So I'll say it's the same thing. Not necessarily me not wanting to sin, is a desire given to me by God because the Bible says we were dead in our sins. It's so it's like we actually enjoyed doing what we were doing. But God has now changed our heart and given us a heart that wants to live and please Him. Mm. So now, actively working on that, knowing that God has given us that desire and knowing that He is going to work things out. So yeah, I would say it does, it's not necessarily a... A get out clause to just wallow in sin. Because wallowing in sin is a sign that the Holy Spirit doesn't dwell in you. Because if you if you can actively dwell wallow in your sin without being convicted, there's an issue. I think a good example is something I believe C.S. Lewis wrote. Um, comparing oh, She's tired and hungry, mm. but she doesn't want no milk and she doesn't want to sleep. Yeah, something that C.S. Lewis wrote. 
comparing um, the unsaved soul to a pig. And yes. when Christ effects that change, he transforms the unsaved soul that is a pig into a dove. Yep, now the that. dove might then go and find himself where the pig would have found himself in, you know, the mud, mm -hmm. as it might be, because that's what he was used to. But you are now a dove, and you will not feel comfortable you will not there. Feel comfortable. You cannot stay there because you are no longer that person. And that doesn't come from you actively trying to do it. That comes from the transformation that only God could do, mm -hmm. transforming a pig into a dove. So, so obviously, there's people who God doesn't affect effects of this changing. <laughs> okay, this, this who, who, is who is to say? This is where you know. we get into the whole predestination and everything else. Well, that's why I asked this question. Yeah, <laughs> because it is a case of um, in predestination there's something known as the effectual call. So, the death of Christ, with the death of Christ there was a general proclamation of the gospel. In it, trust me, just general. General proclamation of the gospel, but we evidence shows us that not everyone accepts this general call. Those who do accept the call can only accept it by the grace of God, because Jesus says, "None can come unless drawn by the Father," and those drawn, I will, not, I will not lose. So it's a case of. So yes, it's a case of the effectual call is that for all those who are elect and all those who are predestined, they, they will eventually come. So it's a case of if you do find yourself desiring God, if you do find yourself in a position of like, Jesus, I seek you, I know that you're, you're the only way, then that effectual call is taking place. Peter, I can I can see you rocking, stroking your chin. Oh, no, no, because no, because you know, as 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 you're saying, that's that's fair enough. I think it's it's more of a thing of, and that's why I was saying, who is to say that it's not effective in the sense of when I'm saved or if I am recognised as saved, it's like I go and then throw my hands up at the altar, and so I've given my life to Christ. So does that then mean immediately that? I should, or all things that I used to do will cease. I don't think, no, no. I don't think it necessarily means that. And I think it's a matter of at what point are you seeing this person? Or at what point are you seeing what you consider to be changed? So today they might be struggling with the same thing and God's still working on them. But then tomorrow, who's to say, that isn't when God starts to birth those things that come from a renewed spirit. And yeah, just to add to what Peter said, like, um, I know, I know, you're hungry, hungry. In terms of the whole understanding of election, it doesn't necessarily negate the day-to-day -day workings of the Holy Spirit and convictions and stuff. It doesn't say that um, your sins are just going to drop off. And that's why the last point in Tulip is perseverance of the saints, where you will, um, by grace, or some people like to say perseverance of God with the saints, so God will continue to cause you to repent, to relent, to turn to him, and to work your salvation. Mm. Um, so it's, it's a continual process mm. where even if you've been saved for 90 years on your deathbed, there will still be things for you to, to confess. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's why in the Bible, 
like when Jesus is, is doing his teachings, and you, 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 even like in the not in the Old Testament, there's a lot of agricultural metaphors mm. because just like fruit growing on a tree, mm. it's not one day there's no fruit, the next day there's fruit. It's a very slow, ongoing process. Mm. In, in that, and like even when those fruits are birthed, eventually those fruits will go, and then there'll be another season of of, of there not being fruit. Mm. But but doesn't mean that 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 the tree is useless anymore. It's just the season for it not to be producing fruit. Mm. But then the fruit will come again. I do find it interesting, however, like where you know you you saying that that's completely correct. I find it interesting where Jesus came out of somewhere, walked up to the fig tree, and it had not bore fruit, and then he cursed the fig tree. Mm. If you remember, I, f- I find that interesting that you because know, it, it does say of the man that I think relies on God that he will be like a thingy um, bearing fruit in and out of season. I actually need to quote that properly because I might be saying something wrong. But yeah, you're, you're right, and um, yeah, that is how. That's how it works, I guess. So, how do you feel like you seek the kingdom of God in your life? Um, so, I was actually thinking about this earlier on in the sense of seeking the kingdom. I see, or one way I'd illustrate it is the kingdom's the destination. And his righteousness is how I get to that destination, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, seeking God's kingdom is every day and everything I do what is the king's decree on this and that includes the the most trivial of things you know i'm getting up to put on a pair of trousers which trousers should i wear what does the king say about that in all those aspects i see god's kingdom in trying to obey everything that he he decrees to do Uh, and then then that then also gets translated into the um, idea of doing God's work in the sense of I'm still trying to follow what does God want me to do and his righteousness I see as making sure that in following or in doing those things I am doing it in a way that would please him Uh, I'm trying to obey in a way that would please him as well does that make sense yeah so that that's 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 it for me I think for me it's yeah, kind of similar to you, just mm. trying to go out there and and serve in the way that God's glory is seen through what I'm doing. Mm. And um, and by trying to sh- show God's kingdom to to, to everyone else, mm. even if I don't see it, you'll see the effects of the kingdom. Mm. If, if that makes sense. Mm. So yeah. even though you might not see it directly, you'll see it indirectly through the change that is happening. <laughs> around you. Mm. Yeah. Oh, what about you, man? Um, what I would say is, I'll definitely present like a two. I know that Robert kind of focused on actively serving. Um, and as Peter was saying as well in terms of um, what is God saying about listening specifically. I see in, in the life of Jesus where he says, I do nothing apart from what I have seen the Father do. Mm. So I, I definitely see that sort of a relationship there and that being the, the, 
path or the channel through which he actually does his work. Mm. So I would definitely say for me it's first and foremost seeking the kingdom is is seeking the kingdom for me personally. Mm. And actively seeking that I abide in God's presence and I I am under his rule and authority because essentially that's what a kingdom is where the presence of the king is and his authority resides. Mm. Um so seeking that my life would be lived in his presence and under his authority mm. and by extension everything that I do in my life will be in his authority and under his presence so serving people will be by his authority in terms of I want you to serve this people right cool and as you're saying how would um, how would you want me to serve these people mm. how would you even if it's just go to the uh, food bank and go and go give some food or stuff what would you have me give mm. stuff like that it's like the practical stuff um, and seeking his righteousness for me it just screams Christ mm. it just screams get to know Christ get to see get to know him more see him more live a life where you're continually before Christ mm. where one of the songs says nothing in my hands I bring simply to the cross I cling Mm. to literally live like that where I'm not only just dwelling on his death but his life his resurrection Mm. and I'm I'm dwelling on the fullness of who he is and knowing that it is only by his merit that I stand righteous and Mm. getting to know what he has done how he has done who he is Mm. and seeking to live in a way that just glorifies him Mm. Um, yeah Yeah. I know we talked about it like indirectly what we've been saying but what, what, what role does the Bible play in us seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness? That's a very good question. Mm. Personally, I think it, def- it defines it. It defines what God's kingdom is. Um, <laughs> and then at the same time serves as a guide to mm. it. Um, and I think the same of Christ, uh, of his righteousness as well. You know, how can you live in a way that so whenever we say righteousness I'm reminded it it means right standing it mm-hmm. means being in the rights or, or, or being in a manner that is pleasing to a higher authority so mm-hmm. being in the right with God or being in right standing with God and as you correctly said the only person that is such is Christ and we are hidden in him so the Bible provides a definition of those things what is God's kingdom um, and what is his righteousness and you see those things or those things are illustrated in the Bible mm. um, I, I think yeah. I would definitely say I don't I don't think you can do either of them without the Bible mm. um, you can't seek God's kingdom you can't seek God and you can't seek his righteousness without the Bible mm. um Without that, you have there's no foundation or basis for anything that you have. It's it's, it's essentially superstition, <laughs> groundless superstition. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'll say the, as as Peter was saying that the Bible forms the fun, like the foundations of, of of that search. It is it is everything, and I'd have to stress as well a belief a belief in the Bible. A belief that this is the revealed word of God mm. and it is inerrant it mm. is everything that God wants us to know in terms of um, 
yes, we can use supplementary books and stuff to help us understand it. But in, in essence, this is what God has seen fit in his infinite wisdom to allow us to live and to function in a way that he wants us to. Mm. Knowing that, yes, we can have questions as human beings, but this is his word. And his word is a final authority that we have. Mm. It's not necessarily pastor, bishop, pope, whatever. It's the word. Mm. I think one more thing I want to add to that is to address the fear that people have about the Bible being a translation of translation or whatever in the sense of if you if you dedicate time to really study and look at the Bible it's so impressive a feat of engineering that it demonstrates an ability to um, to transcend any attempt to corrupt his message mm. within the confines of the book. So, uh, I only say that literally to say if you're ever worried about, you know, people talking about, yeah, your Bible is a translation of translation, how do you know that it's the same, it's the right things? They did, God, to say that God dictated the word or all scripture is God breathed sometimes misses the fact that I would actually argue. The very spaces in between the letters, the very letters that were used, are dictated by God over the entirety of the book. And to the extent of you will never lose whatever God wants us to see, whatever mm -hmm. God wants us to gain from the book, is there. It's there mm -hmm. and it's accessible. Um, and you don't have to worry about any of that malarkey. And I also, sorry, I also add to what Peter was saying. Like, again, don't take our word for it. Pray to God. Pray to God and just be like, seek his word, pray to God and be like, yo, like, if this is meant to be your word, prove it to me. Mm. Like, the book, as Peter keeps on saying, the book, the Bible is the only book that the author is with you every time you read it. Mm. Mm. If you're a Christian. J.K. <laughs> Rowling ain't there when you're reading Harry Potter. Trust me, Harry Potter and actually leaving to your own devices. <laughs> but um, the Bible, like the Holy Spirit is there with you, conversing with you. Mm. So... Ask questions. Be like, God, what are you saying here? God, is this true? Is your word true? Even if we look at John 17, um, Jesus says, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Mm. So they're, they're like references to this that is self-authenticating, should I say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, literally pray and just be like, God, prove it to me. For he might lead you to individuals who can explain things. He might lead you to books. He might lead you to scriptures within the Bible. He's going to direct you as an individual to, to be able to know that the Bible is inerrant. It is complete. It is the word of God. Yeah. What would you say, Peter, uh, Robert? I would say, I feel like a lot of people play Chinese whispers with the Bible. <laughs> In that, <laughs> all the verses they know from the Bible are because they've someone else. Mention such verses, mm. and that they don't know the verses. They, they don't know about um, the Bible for themselves. Mm -hmm. So everything they know is secondhand information. Mm. And I don't feel like you can know God, know what God wants for you, if you don't spend time reading. His Based on secondhand so, information, yeah, that's that's a very good point. Because otherwise, stuff will get lost in translation. Mm -hmm. And yeah, um, yeah, because you know we're human, and we tend to. Twist verses to meet to meet um what we want. Yes, and and like if you're trying to work on that twisted 
understanding of the Bible, mm-hmm. you're not going to get very far mm-hmm. or, and you will not find God's kingdom or anything to do with God because it's not of God. What <laughs> definitely. <laughs> what and one thing, again, I, didn't, I definitely agree with what Robert says. Uh, one thing I will say though is that not everyone does it on purpose. Yeah. For some people, it's a genuine mistake where they, they've got a distorted understanding or an incorrect understanding. And that's why the Bible caused the Bereans more noble for actually diligently searching the scriptures to find out if what the person was saying is true. And not to like attack any pastor or anyone because God has put pastors and teachers in place to help people oh, no, understand no, no, them. No, 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 no. <laughs> test, test the word, innit? <laughs> if the pastor is consistently bringing the message that isn't from the Bible, yeah, you better just... Just, just send one email. That's now. Don't send an email. Don't send an email. But just be wary of leaders and shepherds who consistently bring incorrect doctrine. Obviously, if they bring it once off, cool, grace in it. But if they consistently Sunday after Sunday after Sunday just talking about something that you're like, mm, does the Bible really talk about this? Obviously, make sure that your argument is grounded. Don't just be like, I don't like the way his accent is. He's talking heresy. Nah, don't work. <laughs> Make sure your argument is grounded, like you search the scriptures yourself and you can tell that, alright, cool, what this guy is saying isn't so. Then you can be like, alright, cool. Like if your pastor is preaching that Jesus is not God, there's an issue. If your pastor is preaching that there's no Trinity, there's an issue. Stuff like that. Um, Yeah. Read your Bibles for yourself. Get a personal relationship with God. Seek his kingdom. Seek his kingdom. And his righteousness. And his righteousness. And everything else will be added Church. to you. And guys, if you feel like we ain't, there was something that we didn't really mention or you liked tipping your two pence, definitely feel free, drop a comment in the various mediums that we post this on, podcasts and stuff. And we'll definitely read it and yeah. So I think it's time for us to do our outro. So we'll outro. Oh, swear down. Swear down, yeah. <laughs> I saw that coming, you know. Hey, please come listen to the outro. I saw that coming, you know. <laughs> this guy is such. All right, let's see this. Later. First and foremost, let's let's holler, partners and rhyme for the intro and outro music. Hey, 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 hey. Let's holler, Leia for the ad libs. Oh yes. Calvin Turner for the ordinary amazing logo. Um, this is where things get shaky. <laughs> You can find us on SoundCloud at the Blacksmith Furnace, no apostrophe. Is it with yeah, apostrophe? Yeah, yeah, no, no, right. no, no apostrophe. SoundCloud at the um, the Blacksmith Furnace with no apostrophe. Um, Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> TBF. At the Furnace UK. At the Furnace UK. There we go. Um, email. Email. Um, the Blacksmith Furnace. No, TBS. TBS Furnace. TBS Furnace. Yeah. Okay. TBS Furnace at hotmail.co.uk. Oh, swear! <laughs> TBS Furnace at hotmail.com. Yes. You can, and you can find us on all good podcasting sites. All good podcasting sites at the Blacksmith Furnace with an apostrophe. With an apostrophe and on iTunes, same thing with an apostrophe. Yeah. The Blacksmith Furnace with an apostrophe. So, after all of that sweating, I have come through the, the credits, no? Yes. Um, yeah. Any other shout-outs? Um, oh, shout-out Nancy Meets, because that's still going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's coming up next Most week? recent uh, episode is Toby uh, from Dream Nation, editor-in-chief. Actually, I think she's been promoted recently. But, yeah, we have a conversation with her. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and I'll start on this new thing. Um, 
piece of poetry on Polaroids. It's just like a Christian spoken word poetry hangout session. First session will be on the 9th of October. I'll give details to Peter, he'll put it with the link. Yeah. Um, I think that's everything, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, right. this is the Blacksmith Furnace officially signing out. Yeah.